0: Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. My name is Roy Morjon, president of Command Partners, a full service crowdfunding marketing agency and your host of Art of the Kickstart. Each week I interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur or business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. If you're interested in learning what we're all about or kickstarting your own crowdfunding campaign, Be sure to visit artofthekickstart.com slash checklist. Here you'll find our entire guide to crushing your campaign and taking your business to new heights. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am grateful uh, to have with me a guest that has done three successful Kickstarter campaigns. uh, Victor with the Forever Spin product. Victor, I appreciate you joining us. Hello, Ro. I'm happy to be here, and I'm excited to be speaking with you. Absolutely. So three successful crowdfunding campaigns. What uh, your, your most recent success has done over 700,000 Canadian with almost 5,000 backers. Give us an idea of what Forever Spin is.
1: Forever Spin is essentially a luxury metal spinning top collection. So for anyone that's ever seen Inception, the main character, Dominic Cobb, who's played by Leonardo DiCaprio, he has a metal spinning top and it's also the same metal spinning top that you would experience in your childhood that you may remember from your past childhood. But essentially, we've, we've made that, we've redesigned it, we created a collection of over 15 different metals and finishes and we've brought that to the world through Kickstarter. And we've rediscovered and redefined the world's oldest toy.
0: Yeah, that is awesome. I remember growing up as a kid, you know, and I think everybody had, you know, a spinning top. Maybe maybe I'm dating myself, but back in the 80s, you know, growing up, I think, you know, it was just that toy that everyone had.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and it was the inspiration for us coming to Kickstarter and creating it is that I have two partners. And actually, all of us, we realized that the very first toy that we ever had recollection of playing with, this is the very first toy that we had in our memory was a m- wooden spinning top. And in doing so, we just decided to bring, bring that back and really bring something that's tactile, bring the experience of feeling something and playing with something back. And we're very happy with the project and its success.
0: Absolutely. You guys have had great success. You mentioned you have a couple partners. How did that partnership come together?
1: My two partners, they're much older than I am. I actually worked with one of them in one of my previous jobs. We set out, we decided to quit our jobs, and I was actually a student at the time, but we were looking to start a company. Um, we had a few projects, a few passion projects that we wanted to launch, and we quickly realized that we didn't have the capital required to sustain that. So, in, in doing so and evaluating our options, we came across Kickstarter as, as a way to fund our current projects at the time. and. In doing so, we we really wanted to create something that's special at the same time, something with very high quality, something that would be adored and something that would really improve the lives of anyone that we ship it to. And in doing so, we created Forever Spin and just from there on, it, it was great success and we've never looked back.
0: Well, that's great. Give me some insight into you said you found Kickstarter. I mean, what was that initial search like for those people that are, you know, very new to crowdfunding? Because it is such a, a new phenomenon, a new opportunity for them. You know, what did that search look like? What what drew you into to crowdfunding?
1: So, absolutely. This was about 2013, and and we were working on a software startup. We were working with a few technologies and a few programs that we had initially wanted to write. And as I said, we were running out of funding to really sustain the project and to market it as best as we could. And in doing so, we went to seek all all the different alternatives that were available for access to capital, for access to funding, and, and going through that, this is when Kickstarter became very popular. Came across Kickstarter and, and the platform itself, the method and, and the idea, the concept, it was very, very interesting to us. And we started to investigate more, um, we actually backed a few projects on Kickstarter in 2013. I remember backing a few projects of, of my own. And with that, we were just very mesmerized by the platform and, and the potential to succeed, the capacity for success and access to funding. And we just launched a project. And so the story goes.
0: That's impressive. Give me uh, some insights into some of the mistakes you guys have made You know, with your first, second, maybe third pro- project.
1: Definitely, I I have a lot of experience in that. And as time passes, we are also effectively improving our strategy and our approach, our campaign, with every subsequent campaign that we do launch. So, giving you a bit of history, the first campaign that we did for Forever Spin, it launched in February of 2014, which is about two years ago. Now, that campaign, we actually just kind of threw it up on Kickstarter and, and luckily it was picked up by some press it was picked up by some news outlets by bloggers and we got a lot of attention there just on the merit of our items but based on the quality that we brought to the table and, and really individuals enjoyed it a lot but in our subsequent campaigns um there's a lot that we could have done for press there's some fulfillment issues that we've had but as time passes you'll you'll understand more and more about the whole process, about creating projects, about shipping it. And now that as time has passed, and this is our third campaign coming to a close, we've gotten these valuable insights. We keep pushing our process, keep pushing our logistics structure to really the limits of what can be achieved for a company like this, for a product company. And we continue our pursuit of excellence. But but really starting to get down to the basics and the individual Portions of a Kickstarter campaign. Um, looking back, there's several <laughs> fulfillment issues that we've had that could have been alleviated. But first and foremost, just make sure that you're planning and the way that you approach every project and the creation of every project is is very thorough and then that is very sound. A lot of projects, they come together and they fall within the planning stage and, and really... You have to push right off the onset. So the very most important part of any campaign is the first three days and the final three days. And dedication to making a quality campaign, making a great video, a great even landing page for your followers, for anyone that may come across it is, is of utmost importance.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more in terms of the the critical nature of that first you know, 48 to 72 hours absolutely being critical. You mentioned that you got some press on that first campaign. Did you guys do any outreach or effort there in terms of garnering that or did it happen naturally?
1: No, the first the first campaign was absolutely organically. That's all of the press that we got was completely organic. We, we may have sent out a newswire or a press release to some agencies, but that wasn't really something that did contribute to viewership or to... And anything that would translate into individuals backing the project. And this was also two and a half years ago. Kickstarter wasn't as known at the time as it is now. So naturally, press and and strategies for outreach, for marketing, they will evolve as time passes. And as (laughs) funding projects without the guarantee of a return becomes less of a stigma. But um, that first project that we did launch, it was absolutely... Some some would say luck, but really the quality of our campaign, the video, the way that we approached the actual campaign and the project itself. That's what garnered its attention and, and individuals' intrigue. So, you wouldn't recommend that strategy for any of our listeners? <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't. Unless you have something that, that you think is foolproof, unless you find an idea and, and become the next pebble watch or become the next whatever whatever that's definitely not something that you should be doing you should have a very solid strategy you should encompass all the different aspects of a kickstarter campaign so you should be thinking about The press, you should be thinking about advertising, thinking about social outreach, thinking about how to express your project and let your friends and family know first and foremost. And then there's also a lot of thought that needs to be put into post-campaign and the activities there, which are just as important as the campaign's launch itself. So definitely the planning stages and everything that goes with creating the campaign and creating the vision for your campaign is most important.
0: Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Again, um, you know, wh- what's interesting about your product is that it is a you know, it seems to be kind of a, a niche group. So how did you guys go about identifying and targeting that specific audience of user that that's purchasing this product?
1: So uh, as time has passed, our, our campaigns grow more and more successful. And that's the product of really getting the data and getting the information that we have from the first two campaigns. So naturally, that, that is something that contributes to this previous campaign. Before that, it was just intuition. It was a lot of market research. It was making sure that we know who our customers are. And, and above that, and this is very important, we can't stress it enough, is making sure that you know who the average Kickstarter visitor is. Since that's something that a lot of people overlook, very a very large portion of the community of individuals online, they're not familiar with what Kickstarter is at all, let alone what crowdfunding is, let alone what pledging is. And, and really, we have to buckle down on finding out who your community is and then within that specific niche itself, find your own niche.
0: So how have you gone about building up that community?
1: So, as as I did mention, the first project, we kind of threw up there. As time passed, we we got a lot of attention. We continued to build our own community. So, this is through social efforts. This is through some marketing campaigns. This is through the assistance of our backers. And really, we're a project that stands out now as far as its community and its sense of community is concerned because... Very contrary to a lot of project creators, we actually encourage communication from our backers. And this has kept our community very strong. It's kept uh, our backers coming back to us for all the campaigns that we've had in the past. So, essentially, when you have a community-centric approach, um, you'll always get that boost for the first several days, right? And, and organically, that traffic for the first few days, it's going to swing your momentum. It's going to get you more visibility on Kickstarter. It's going to get you more visibility online. That's a very big part of the strategy.
0: Agreed. What types of marketing tactics or techniques and strategies did you guys implement on this campaign to make it so successful?
1: So this campaign, um, the first few days are very crucial for us. The, the very first 24 hours, Or so was dedicated entirely to our previous backers and giving you a bit of history on our project, all of our items now that are available. So the new spinning tops, the new DLC coated spinning base, all of that is inspired by our previous community. So, again, coming back to our communication with our backers, it's something that's incredibly strong and it does keep a lot of individuals coming back to our project Right now, I can't give you numbers off off the top of my head, but I believe we have about 50% of our backer base from the second project that we launched retained for this campaign, which is a considerable amount. Now, if you can put all those and attribute them to the first 24 hours, the first 48 hours, the traffic will grow organically. You'll see that you have a lot of individuals joining your project, and it'll almost artificially inflate the success of the project. And artificially, I say, Loosely as well, but it'll drive the SEO, it'll drive the traffic, and make sure that your project is trending. What's like to be called in, in the Kickstarter and, and online community?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, being on that first page and whatever the the Kickstarter algorithm is and the the go go factors of the world, those you know certainly play a part into it. Do you feel that there are more people? Now that you guys have you know, migrated your, your current campaign over to Indiegogo, in terms of those folks that are just necessarily on the platform shopping for products and looking for the next coolest tech or gadget that's out there?
1: So that is something that, that's more prevalent on Indiegogo, uh, especially the in-demand feature that it has that Kickstarter doesn't have is something that's very big for a lot of its users. So on the mirror of that, I, I would agree with you. But aside from that, I personally believe that a lot of the individuals that are familiar with crowdfunding, that they visit both Kickstarter and Indiegogo almost uh, the same amount. The, the traffic rankings there, they, they won't support that evidence. But again, it's just a lot of people coming back to check on their pledges, a lot of people coming back just to check what's new. And, and I believe that people are pretty aware of what's going on in both in both projects.
0: Yeah, I agree. We we see some overlap there. Our our gut and our data shows that you know more people are on Kickstarter simply browsing and shopping for product, given that there there usually is more product on there. Um, but it does vary, you know, given the the timeliness of of products and when they're launching.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and for us, we had hoped to launch our previous project just in time for the Christmas season. To make sure that our backers get their awards for Christmas, that they're able to give them as gifts, which is in itself a very, very popular time for project creators. It's a time of year that that individuals wait <laughs> the entire year just to fit into that time frame. But aside from that, Indiegogo and Kickstarter they do experience slimmer traffic. I, I think that Kickstarter is just more popular among amongst uh, project creators. Which makes it more interesting to a lot of the community than than Indiegogo.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We we see a lot of the the maker community out there seeing what's next, what's being innovated, uh, and you know, really what what products you know can be made next or what can be made better. You know, you you touched on you know the the your community that you've built, and over half of them have come back to your campaign and pledged. Do you feel that that's, you know, more of a trend that you're going to launch future projects and products on Kickstarter in the future because of the trust that you've now built with them and the fact that you're taking their their feedback from you and actually building it into the product or the campaign?
1: Yeah, that that is something that we we do look forward to. That's something that we anticipate. And giving giving you more background, so we we have launched 3 campaigns. The first campaign was Forever Spin. It it was just, I guess, self-titled. And the second campaign was Forever Spin 2.0, in which we increased the size of our spinning tops. It was requested by our backers that a lot of our backers found the first iteration of spinning tops a bit too small for them to spin comfortably. So we went back, we redesigned it, we redefined the proportions specifically for them. And again, we got similar numbers where a very large part of our community came back They joined us again for that project and the items that have now joined our collection are again inspired by our backers. Aside from that, it's also very important to know and to understand that a lot of individuals are very particular with where they visit online and how they approach their shopping, how they approach their, for instance, their buzz on tech. Right. So a lot of people are exclusively comfortable with Kickstarter. Some people aren't comfortable at all with using their credit card to shop online. And it's just a community that, that we feel that we can best communicate with and best interact with through Kickstarter. So that's why you see us coming back, launching a second campaign, launching a third campaign. And, uh, we do hope to. Continue expanding our collection of metals, continue perfecting the spinning top and bringing it back for the whole world to see and Kickstarter is a very big part of that
0: oh, that's great, so is that the future, and that's that's where you guys are headed next then
1: there's There are a lot of things going on we We do constantly look for different metals for different variations of spinning tops, and again, a lot of them are requested by our backers. It's something that we're very happy to do, so some of the new tops we're looking for creating a top out of obsidian, creating a top out of tantalum, out of uh, platinum, both plated and solid platinum, if one can allow and one is interested in. But aside from that, there are a few other projects that we're working on within Kickstarter. And as far as Forever Spin is concerned, we're also looking to get our collection into different schools. Right now, we're focusing on a lot of different schools in Canada. And this is something that we're very, very excited about, something that we're very proud of. And Essentially, what our collection, our collection is called the Mini Metal Museum or the Metal Museum. And it's called that on the basis of our Metal Spinning Tops' educational properties. So, from what I can imagine, you've never held solid tungsten in your hand or solid titanium in your hand at the same time. And that's true for (laughs) children that are much younger than you and I especially, right? So, essentially what we're doing is we're getting our collection, our collection of over 15 different metals, we're going around to schools, we're getting our tops into the hands of children and creating them a learning experience that they'll never forget. So, that is something that we're very happy about. It's something that's also very visibly <laughs> effective. So, you see a children, a child's reaction when they hold titanium in one hand and copper in the other hand when they spin a gold-plated spinning top and, and when they see the plating process take place, when they compare all of that versus the weight of magnesium, for instance, or the color of magnesium. And going back to my schooling, there's also events like that that I'll never forget. And that's something that we're looking to be continue to introduce to schools.
0: Uh, it's great to hear, Victor. I love that you guys are giving back. And, you know, obviously your product is one of those tangible products that, you know, can obviously light up anyone, you know, at any age, truly. And, you know, to, to start kids young and try and be that inspiration for them that you had that opportunity as a child. You know, it's great that you guys are giving back. So that, that's awesome to hear. Um, if you had an unlimited marketing budget, what would you have done differently or what will you do what would you do on your next campaign
1: on our next campaign that's that's something that's very difficult for us to answer because our marketing budget is kind of tied and our marketing activities are kind of tied to what we have the capacity to produce so with us um personally and this is something that my partners and I and all of our staff actually this is the mentality that we have is that we put quality above everything so we'll we'll never get ahead of ourselves and and create a campaign that that is shipped to say a hundred thousand people, where for us to ship and, and ship quickly and consistently, in which we'll be put into scenario, scenario in which we'll have to sacrifice quality. So that's that's definitely something that's very important for us. It's something that we also do for the community versus for our own jobs and for our own job security. So given an infinite marketing budget, that that's. Something that that is hard to answer and that's a great question, but we'll never sacrifice quality and and as long as we have that process in place, I guess the next step would be continuing to get it to schools, continuing to get it into just individuals, homes and families and and really get the word out, get the (laughs) top to become as much of a popular item as, as one can imagine. So. Imagine Pogs of the 90s or of yo-yos and how popular they used to be in the early 2000s. That's something that can be recreated with some marketing, with some word of mouth. And that's something that we could accomplish,
0: I imagine. Man, taking me back with the Pogs. Wow. Like a child. I remember those days. Awesome. No, I appreciate this, Victor. Right now, we are going to jump into the launch round where I'm just going to fire away some questions at you. You good to go? Yeah. So what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? I love growth and I love progress. That's two of my big things. If you could meet any entrepreneur throughout history, who would you want to have coffee with? Bill Gates. What would be the first question you'd ask him?
1: I'd ask him what inspired him to get into his field.
0: Who did you look up to growing up?
1: Definitely Roger Federer. Why? I I love athletics and Roger Federer is just a, A very inspiring individual. His work ethic and his sense of community and him giving back is, is just something that's unparalleled.
0: If you could only read one book for the rest of your life, which one would it be? The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Where do you see yourself in five years? Five years, I'll be
1: continuing to make tops as one of my projects and I'll be investing in other project creators and other entrepreneurs' dreams. So I essentially hope to be a VC as I grow up. Awesome.
0: What is the big thing that you want to accomplish?
1: Big thing. I want to get into tech, and I want to redefine the way that a lot of people interact with information. So I'm very big on information and and music, and there's a very good mix of the two that I'm hoping to get into in, in the next year or so.
0: Nice. Last question. What is the future of crowdfunding look like? Equity
1: crowdfunding and large scale distribution killed
0: it Victor awesome so at the end give us your pitch tell us what you're all about where people should go to find out about the forever spin and why they should check you guys out
1: so essentially my my name is Victor and uh, I'm a co-creator of forever spin spinning tops they're elegant spinning tops that are the recreation of the world's oldest toy with a new modern spin our collection is over 15 different metals and finishes including gold Nickel, stainless steel, copper, tungsten, titanium, as well as many others. We currently have a project on Indiegogo Live that should be live for another 30 days or so. And if not there, then you can find our collection at foreverspin.com.
0: Killer. Victor, great job my pleasure and having you here really looking forward to seeing not only the future of your company but of the forever spin product and everything that you guys are doing up there in toronto great work up there and i appreciate having you on art of the kickstart
1: thank you so much roy And, and we are very excited as well there's a lot of schools that we'll be going to and that's something that i'm personally very very excited about
0: definitely no i think that's great what you guys are doing i appreciate it thank you again thanks a lot Roy. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a better business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us about it. There, you'll find additional information about past episodes and our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. If you've loved this episode, leave us a review at artofthekickstartcom iTunes. It helps more inventors and entrepreneurs find the show and helps us get better guests on here to help build your business. If you need a more hands-on crowdfunding strategy, please feel free to request a quote on commandpartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you soon.